there are people that are dedicated to shopping on Etsy. And I'm one of them. I, if I can get it on Etsy, I usually do um, before I go to big box stores. Gifts, Etsy is always my number one. So I love that. I love the size of the customer base because it's, I mean, it's, it's irreplaceable. Um, and I think a lot of people value your items more and feel like they're more special. Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I am talking to Candace Mead, the creator of dog accessory brand Duke and Fox. Candace told me how she went from a hobby sewist to selling baby blankets and burp cloths to an Etsy shop selling over 70,000 dog items in just the last five years. I feel like lately I've noticed a lot of changes on Etsy, so I was really interested in asking Candace about her experiences with the platform. Turns out it's a love-hate relationship, but the love part definitely wins. She said the customer base just can't be beat. That being said, she is working on building up her own website and mentioned some of the SEO efforts she is doing over there. Of course, I couldn't end the interview without asking about her own dogs. From mutts to German shepherds to Scotties and a mini poodle, Candace has had quite the fur family. (laughs) Before I hit play on this episode, though, I want to let you know that membership in the Wear, Wag, Repeat Society is currently open for a limited time. The gates only open a few times per year, so if you are interested in working alongside a supportive community of women petpreneurs to help you grow your business online, click over to wherewagrepeat.com slash society. If you join now, you'll be able to get in on the April theme of peer website audits. I am so excited about this. I'm going to help you get some fresh eyes from your key demographic on your website to see how you could possibly improve it. Head over to wherewagrepeat.com slash society to join us today. Duke and Fox is owned by Candace Mead, a married mom of six kiddos and two pups, a mini poodle and a Scotty. Her specialty pet company makes personalized embroidered dog collars in stylish and trendy patterns with matching accessories, including laser engraved buckles. Candace was formerly a Spanish teacher who decided to stay home and take care of and raise her babies, and she started sewing as a hobby. Fast forward five years, and Duke and Fox is now a top 1% seller on Etsy, has their own website, and employs a team of dog-loving master craft artists who love what they do. They've received awards from the local Chamber of Commerce, been featured in Spoonflower Magazine, and sold collars in the Altered State retail stores. Duke and Fox continues to grow as Candace continues to work hard at balancing life as a wife, mom, dog mom, and successful entrepreneur. Welcome, Candace. Hi, how are you? 
I'm good. I'm so excited to learn all about your business. Um, five years, maybe to you seems like a long time, but that's really fast to have kind of grown everything that you do. So, um, so I'm curious to hear about it. Can you tell us? Um, I know that we, I read in your bio that you kind of started sewing as a hobby, but how did you decide to take it and make it a business? Well, um, like I, I was a Spanish teacher and I quit to stay home and have babies and, um, not to say I was bored with babies, but I am one of those people that I can't sit. I have to do, do, do. So, um, I, I made soap for a really long time and I love that. And it was just, it's not a family friendly hobby because when you're, cause I made it, um, from, um, like cold process from scratch with the lye and the chemicals and goggles and gloves and so, so I had to put that aside and I asked for a sewing machine for Christmas and um, I started sewing anything and everything I could think to or learn, you know, self-taught. Um, and it just quickly progressed into different things. And at that point, we had seven dogs and we lived on a farm and um, I just thought, well, dog collars. And so I it's funny because I still have them. I, I keep them and look at them all the time. I'm like, wow, we've progressed a lot. But um, so I started sewing those. And of course, hobbies get expensive thread, you know, you want a bigger, better machine, you want more machines. And so I told my husband, I was going to start a little Etsy shop and see if I could at least make money back or, you know, just because stuff starts piling up and, you know, you can only embroider and sew so many things before you're like, okay, what do I do with this now? So, um, and before I knew it, the dog collars slowly, and I, and I was doing baby clothes and, um, bibs and burp cloths and baby blankets and quilt, baby quilts. And, and before I knew it, the dog collars just kept coming and, you know, I'd get requests for different patterns and I slowly just started replacing baby items with dog items. And um, then before I knew it, and and it's funny because I have a thing for owls. I always have um, because my grandmother and I used to call it owl. So quilt company, you know, like a pun, like owl, you know, but after having to explain that to people, <laughs> I'm like, this is not going to work. So we, you know, and, and we were definitely gearing towards dog items and the collars. And so we sat down and we tried to, you know, went days and thought about it and thought about it. Well, we had a Duke and we had a Foxy. And so, it, you know, it just, it's quick, it's easy, it's memorable, it's dogs. So, so that, so that is how Duke and Fox evolved very quick, but yes, it did happen very quickly. And, um, I had, since we have a lot of kids, I did have somebody helping me clean the house occasionally. Well, before I knew it, I was like, hey, can you help me do this? Hey, can you help me do this? <laughs> and, and then I just, I slowly started adding to my team. So it, it has went really quick. And in hindsight, it, I mean, it, it's hard to believe how we got from here to here in this short of time. So it's, yeah. it's been fun. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I always like to ask people, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were first starting your shop? Um, I wish I, and I still wish to this day that I was more organized and I plan better because I feel like since I've started this business and since it's gone so quickly that I feel like we are constantly operating backwards. 
I mean, from everything to taxes to the, you know, the legal paperwork. And I just feel like everything is always an afterthought because you're learning as you go. So, you know, I spoke with lawyers and I've, you know, went to the courthouse and it seems like so many people don't know the people that should know, don't know. So I always feel like I'm trying to navigate an unknown world and learn the hard things slowly and then backtrack. So if I knew what I needed to know, then I could do research better. So I think just being well-prepared and organized, um, I definitely would start off on that foot. But I still, to this day, am horribly unorganized. I had a photo shoot this morning. I had to cancel because I'm like, I don't even have my cookies decorated. <laughs> so just because it, it, time was not allowing for it. So being organized. I mean, yeah. I, I do my best, but I'm horrible at it. Well, and it, it seems like all those like official things, like the business license and the taxes and stuff like that, nobody really tells you how to do any of that. Like all of us who are creative, we get like, yeah, I can make this. And like, you just hit the ground running and then nobody really knows how to do any of that um, official stuff, which you do yeah. have to figure out eventually. Yeah. No, oh, yes. <laughs> Um, so, so you've been selling on Etsy for a while, starting, starting with the baby stuff and the quilts and then now hundred percent all dog stuff. Um, what do you like about being on Etsy? Oh, Etsy. I have such a love hate relationship with it. It is, I love it because it is, they have an amazing, irreplaceable customer base. They have their own customer base that you cannot get anywhere else. Um, no different than if you were selling on Amazon. There are people that are dedicated to shopping on Amazon. So there are just like Amazon, there are people that are dedicated to shopping on Etsy. And I'm one of them. I if I can get it on Etsy, I usually do. Um, before I go to big box stores. Gifts, Etsy's always my number one. Um, so I love that I love the size of the customer base because it's I mean, it's it's irreplaceable. Um and I think a lot of people value your items more and um, feel like they're more special. So that was, that is number one. That is, you can't replace it. Um, the next thing is their fees. They're sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> their fees are um, people think they're high, but they're actually really, really reasonable compared to other places. So that is nice. Um, uh, another great thing is, Whatever your niche is or your niche, whatever it is, you can do well with it on Etsy. I mean, there are some I have <laughs> I have seen some really, really weird, strange things. And I try not to even click on it because then it like starts to show in your feed. <laughs> like there's this one, it looks like a blobfish with little arms. And and then I clicked on that store. <laughs> They had a whole, like they had baby dolls, but they look like old men. I mean, just there, but they, there's, there's a market for that on Etsy. So whatever your niche or your niche is, I mean, you can, you know, it's Etsy. Yeah. Um, you can get as specific as you want. I was watching Yellowstone and just like, I saw, or I saw someone wearing a Yellowstone shirt or hat or something. And I started looking on Etsy and there's like a lot of products. <laughs> Yeah. just about yeah. Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, another, another great thing is when, like, if you start your own website and somebody searches for a dog collar, um, you know, if your website, your website's not going to show up on the first few pages. Uh, but if you're on Etsy, 
Etsy's going to show up at the top. So, so as far as like Google ranking, Etsy puts you in there, even though, you know, your site may not be, but since you're on Etsy, you're going to show up. It, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's, so if somebody's searching for something, they're more likely to find you through Etsy because Etsy's at the very top than they would through your own website. Yeah. So that so, is, yeah. Even if so people that, aren't searching on Etsy, when they Google something, Etsy comes yeah. up. Yes. Yes. So if you Google something specific, Etsy is likely going to be at the top up there with Amazon. And I don't even know who else comes up higher. But yeah, so that automatically throws you up there. A better chance of being seen just because you're on Etsy. Um, and then it's just it's it's easy to use. It's very user friendly. It's easy to fill out. Um, I don't think I've ever gotten horribly confused with anything that they've offered because it's you know, you load your pictures, you click here, you click here, you write your description and it's done. So it, it is a user friendly platform, especially for, for, for beginners. Yeah. What about, um, cause I heard, heard you say, that, you know, there's love hate with Etsy. Um, and it seems like a lot of things have changed on there in the last couple of years. And there's a lot more items that don't appear to be handmade now. And so how, how is that kind of impacting you as a a maker? That kills me. (laughs) That is the two things that absolutely drive me nuts and infuriate me is one, the resellers and two, the people that deal with trademarks. Um, One, the, um, the reselling, you know, if people could buy a dog collar from me for $35 that's handmade, you know, we have, uh, we have staff and, you know, we employ people and, you know, we're a small business, so we contribute to the community. We work hard, we follow the rules and we make everything. (laughs) And so to come in and somebody can sell the same thing and they're just reselling it for, you know, $15 and it's still cute. I think most some people know and say, no, I'm going to do this. But, you know, most people are just going to buy the cute $15 one because, you know, it's however much cheaper. So, of course, that hurts us. And the problem with that is, is you can report listings. And I have myself reported a few listings because I'm like, how is this even allowed? It's not allowed. People just keep, you know, getting under the wire. I've seen um stores close and then they turn around and open back up and you know so I I think they have a hard time dealing with it as well but there's one seller I know in particular and she constantly resells stuff and the picture of the item was from a website where you purchase wholesale from so I I don't know and so of course I reported it and I've, it's really hard for me because I want to have this attitude, you know, me worry about me, let them do their own thing. It'll catch up with them. But at the same time, I have to make a choice. What they're doing is wrong and they're going to continue to do it if nobody says, hey, what you're doing is wrong. So I make the choice to do the right thing and say, hey, you know, I have a whole staff of people that rely on us for work and a paycheck. And, you know, this is what pays our bills. We have six kids. We have a house, a mortgage, cars. <laughs> you know, we have our own bills and we have to worry about too. And it's very crappy to get undercut by people that aren't following the rules. So that is one thing I absolutely hate that um, I think Etsy could do a better job at doing it. I really, really do. 
and um, I just I, I think they could do a better job at mm-hmm. dealing with the resellers. And then two, if people just know, hey, that's that is not handmade, and you can report it, and then maybe they would say, oh, you know, there's people aren't wanting to deal with this because when you go to Etsy, and I've seen it before, people want to go buy something handmade and personal and special, but then they realize that uh, this was not what I expected. So there are bad sellers out there and I know they have a hard time keeping up with it. So, so that is not, that is not fun. And then my other pet peeve aggravation with Etsy um, is trademarking. Um, Like I would love to make star Wars collars and Harry Potter collars and you know, all these, but it's not my creation. So I can go buy the fabric at the store and I can make something with it for myself, but it's not available to be resold. And by doing that, if I had a Harry Potter collar, I would say Harry Potter collar in the description, obviously. Well, you are profiting off of somebody else's name, off of somebody else's creation. And so, of course, if I sold Harry Potter collars, you know, it would bump us up to the top because that's what everybody would be coming for. But it would get our shop shut down eventually because Disney does go after people with trademarks. So it does bother me that so many people get away with not following, you know, the bad apple school is a bunch. It, it, you know, we work hard. We try our best to be honest and, and it just, it is hard to see so many people that take advantage of it and don't follow the rules. I think that's frustrating in a lot of different industries too. Like, um, you know, I do a lot of influencer stuff and I work really hard to follow all the rules, but then you see people who don't and you feel like they're getting ahead of you, uh, but they're not doing it the right way. So it's kind of, it is frustrating, I think in a lot of ways. Yes. And, and Etsy's customer service one, actually, I actually had a, because you can only text them. We do have a person that we can direct chat with. So that, that feature is nice, but I had an issue over a review. I had I had gotten a one star review, and I always, I mean, we we have over the years have maintained to a five star shop, and it is important to me. If we get a review less than that, I reach out to the customer and say, hey, you know, let us know, um, you know, what the issue was, and give us a chance to fix it, because we can't fix it if we don't know. So mm-hmm. it's extremely important to me to say, you know, if we fell short in our uh, the product quality, then give me a chance to make it up in customer service. And I'll do my best to make the customer happy. Um, But Etsy has just recently rolled out a star seller program. And we have made it every month that we've been star sellers. And this month, I'm sort of dangling, you know, in that because you have to have pretty high percentage rates, actually extremely high percentage rates to be a star seller. And um, we've made it every month. But I had a one-star review and the the statement was, you know, it was way too small. Well, one, we provide a size chart on every listing. Two, we've done this for years. Our size chart is accurate. You know, um, we constantly quality check sizing to make sure we're all on the same page and, you know, if there's adjustments. So it wasn't the collar. I mean, I, there is that, you know, minute chance we could have sent the wrong size, but you know, I reached out to them three times, never heard back. So we're just stuck with a one-star review. The part that bothers me about that is with the star seller program, the reviews count count against you. So we could lose our star seller badge. Well, I think it's an important feature because 
you know, I want to know that who I'm buying from is trustworthy. So there's that positive of it. But the negative is that customer likely, you know, I said there is a minute chance we could have sent the wrong size, but realistically, more than likely, they didn't even look at the size chart. But that is going to hold against, uh, count against us and count against our ranking or not ranking, but, you know, we could lose Mm -hmm. our star seller badge. And I just feel that if they are going to uh, submit their sellers to such high standards, which I'm totally okay with, I really, really want them to hold customers accountable and make sure the reviews are honest. Speaking of reviews, you do have tons of reviews, I think. Um, You have like over 13,000 reviews when I just looked this morning. Um, So obviously, that's a really important uh, kind of metric for your Etsy success. Um, so how do you encourage people? Like, is there a trick to getting people to leave a review? Like, how do you, um, make sure that people do leave reviews? Cause it is so important. Um, I do think it is extremely important. Um, I always, that's one of the first places I look when I shop on Etsy because that way, and even on Amazon, because you can get real life, you know, not this perfect picture. You can see what it's like on, you know, modeled or, um, as far as getting people to leave reviews, I have not found a way to push them. Um, I do send in my packaging, we send a little uh, postcard and, you know, it says, we'd love to hear your feedback. Please leave us a review. But that's it. That's it. Because um, there's no way you can't reach out to every customer and say, hey, mm-hmm. leave, us a, leave us a review. So. So well, just, it it seems to be working. <laughs> it, um, it, yeah. So so okay, we we have a love hate with Etsy, more love than hate, right? Yeah, um, however, you also recently launched your own website, dukeandfox.com. Um, and so what has that been like? How did you make the decision to launch your own site? And um, is it difficult to kind of have both of them running at the same time? Um, we actually started it pretty quick off the ground when we started Duke and Fox. Um, it is not user friendly. <laughs> so unless you know, I mean, I have a web developer that helps me and um, she does an amazing job. And so when I have issues and sometimes they're so silly, like I reached out to her yesterday and I said, I have no clue how to get my Instagram feed back on the storefront. And so, you know, they're like, okay, and they go in and they set it up for me. So they're um, they're there when I need them. But for the most part, I have gotten pretty, over the years, I have started to figure it out. Um, so what I love about Duke and Fox is we decided to start it because one, when you sell on Etsy, you know, they get the fees. So when you have your own website, you know, you pay to maintain your website, but it's yours. Mm -hmm. And you're you're, not paying a fee on every item. You're just kind of paying to have the site up. Yes, correct. Correct. And, you know, it's, it's your site, your rules. Um, You know, as much as I love Etsy, they're also like a big boss. So, you know, they have rules and they have this and that. And so, so I, I feel safe having my own website because Etsy, I've heard horror stories of stores just disappearing. And I'm like, holy moly. I mean, if that happened to us, you know, like I said earlier, got six kids, got a mortgage, got car payments, got employees. You know, if our store just up and disappeared, sometimes I panic in the middle of the night and think, oh, gosh, what if our store disappears? (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, because life would be over. Um, and I have to go back to teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I enjoyed teaching. Um, but uh, so having a website is hard, but I wanted to do it because it was going to be ours. Um, you know, we didn't have that boss. Uh, I could do what I wanted, the fees. Um, but it is hard. It is hard because it's not user-friendly like Etsy. You don't have that customer base. You don't, you, I mean, you don't have a customer base. So slowly over the years, I have started to figure out more of like the SEO and how to drive organic traffic. And I've worked with people and, you know, made improvements. And I just recently worked um, with somebody and um, just from last year to this year on our site, our sales have increased 52%. I mean, just with little changes, little changes that that I, were overlooked by me. And I think because my web developer, she doesn't specialize in marketing. She's more like the design. And so she never thought to say, hey, you really need to do this or you need to do that. And it was just things that like adding um, text to your images you know, something so minute, most people think, oh, well, I don't need to do that. And they skip over it. And But that's a chance for more words to be plugged into your site to show up in searches. So it is hard, but it is a lot more rewarding. Um, and like I said, it's, it's been a learning process. Yeah. And, and but it's, it's been worth it. Definitely worth it. I also noticed on your site that you have some blog posts um, and that probably was an SEO effort. I'm guessing. Um, yes. How do you, how do you like being a blogger? Um, it is fun. Uh, it is. And the reason we started doing it is because it is a way to drive organic traffic. And, um, and so I've already noticed, and it's only been a few months um, and we've already started to notice a change in traffic because of those. So this blog that we have coming out next month, I, I made dog cookies, like the cute ones with icing. And um, they're just really not that great to sell online. Or I didn't have luck with it. Just that was not my niche. Dog collars are my niche. But I wanted something different and creative to do. So I started making those. And we sold them occasionally, but not. it just wasn't worth my time. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to make it, I need to do big batch and sell them that way. Not just, you know, like three orders this week and 10 orders next week. It was, it would have been worth my time if it would have been big batches. Mm -hmm. So, but I love doing it. It was so fun. And it was a way for me, like a creative outlet, I guess, you know, my staff has things under control today. I'm going to make cookies. (laughs) So, um, so this coming up blog post is going to be about, um, an Easter basket for your puppy, including, the like toys and handmade dog cookies and like one's shaped like a little peep and the other's like an Easter egg and one's a carrot. So, so that's going to be a cute blog post, but it's things like that. The blog post, even though it's about um, like an Easter basket for dogs, it will still include all the important things like dog cookies. So when somebody searches, how do you make dog cookies? You know, ours will show up eventually after some, you know, tuning and ranking. and <laughs> but. But it is um, a way to drive traffic to your website through the through the words, essentially. So so I've been excited about it and it's been fun and just an, another creative outlet for us. Yeah, well, I love blogging and I also love um, making pretty dog treats. So I can't wait to see your post. <laughs> um, I'll definitely have to make them for Easter. Um, 
before we, before we wrap it up, I want to ask you about your dogs because I asked you if your if your two dogs that you have now are Duke and Fox, but they're not, um, Duke and Fox were your previous dogs, um, in your, what did you say? You had like 11 dogs or something at one time. We had seven, seven, seven (laughs) dogs. Yeah. So that's That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So now, um, you have, uh, a poodle and, um, a Scotty and they're Thea and Shelby. So if you could tell us how they came into your life. Well, um, I'll start quickly, but from the seven dogs, um, we had, I had two, I had a Scottish Terrier and I had Izzy, who was my mutt. Um, we're not sure what she was. She was just a scruffy, perfect little dog, well-behaved. Um, and then my husband had two German shepherds and a mutt that just showed up at the farm. And that was Duke. He was very anxious and jumpy. And if you touched his butt, he would turn around and snap at you because he didn't, he was just chicken, would never bite. But, um, and Foxy was one of the German shepherds. And, um, then my, somehow I ended up, I think my brother got sick and my parents needed me to dog sit for their two Scotties. And then we ended up keeping them. (laughs) So, so at that point we had three, four, five. Yeah. Then we had seven dogs, um, (laughs) over time age, um, because they were already, I think the shepherds were 14. Duke is still alive, but he is still on the farm. We moved and um, we had family that lived there because there was two houses there and we just didn't have the heart to take him out of the farm because we, and we moved into the city and we just knew he wouldn't, wouldn't deal with it very well. So he is still living his life on the farm and um, happy and old. He's getting very, very old. And so then we had Izzy. That's who we were left with, our little scruffy mutt, because everybody else over time had passed away. And um, and most of it was due to old age. And Izzy, turned, Izzy was 12, and she died in October. And we knew she was going to pass away because she was getting old, and she was really struggling with diabetes and some other health issues. And so we had planned on getting a Scotch Terrier. That's my – I love the breed – and we were on a waiting list for over a year and the puppy we were supposed to get didn't happen. I think um, they thought they she wasn't pregnant, so we didn't end up with a puppy. So it was going to be a lot longer. And we really wanted we we wanted another dog. And um, our family, I think, needed one to help adjust because we knew that we were going to lose her. And so we got Shelby, our poodle, because the Scottish Terrier didn't come through. And then Izzy did pass away. And Shelby was lovely. And then we got a call about a Scottish Terrier. So we took her. So they, we absolutely adore them. The kids adore them. They are so, so smart. I'm, I've never had poodles before and it floors me how intelligent they are, but they're fun and smart and finely potty trained. <laughs> Is she a standard poodle or, or mini? A mini poodle. Okay. A mini poodle. So, and she's little. So she's like 10 pounds and she's red and. She's adorable, but she's also my husband's dog. When he's not here, she goes and sleeps in his closet. So, oh, she <laughs> is. She is a hundred percent his dog. The Scotty. That's so is, funny because yeah. your husband had the German Shepherds, and now he's got this little mini poodle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and he absolutely adores her. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, it's been so awesome learning about your dogs and and your life and everything that you do. And Etsy's. Thank you for kind of giving us the 
behind the scenes look from a number one seller. Um, so tell everyone how, how can they, what's the best way to find Duke and Fox and the best way to find your Etsy shop? Um, Duke and Fox is just dukeandfox.com. So super easy, memorable. Um, I know like if you search embroidered dog collars, we usually show up at the top now, finally, after years of work and, you know, um, <laughs> finally showing up there, which is exciting. Uh, we also just launched our Amazon store and it is still, we're still working on it. Um, still building it, still lots of hiccups, but we're getting there. And, um, and then on Etsy, you can just search Duke and Fox and we will pop right up there. So, um, yeah. And I mean, we're happy from the business work, regardless if it's from, regardless where it's from, but of course, you know, we prefer from our own website because that's, yeah. that's all us. <laughs> well, everyone click over. Her stuff is really cute. Um, and it's perfect time to refresh your dog's collar wardrobe now. Um, so thank you, Candace, so much for being a guest. Thank you for having me. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.